process. This is a podcast to discuss life and business topics where we ask a lot of questions, tell a whole lot of stories, so that all of our viewers can achieve their desired outcomes. Today's episode and the entire show is sponsored by Benegas Art. David Benegas is a good friend of mine and turns photography into beautiful Benegas art. You can um, use the FYP five off, uh, five off code for 5% off at benegasartmerch.com. Um, and I encourage you, if you have a photograph that you would like to be transformed into Benegas art, go ahead and send that to David, mention the show, uh, and he'll take, he'll take off 5% of your first purchase. Um, I'm excited today. Uh, we, today on today's episode, we have Rose Lathrop from Bellingham, Washington and Sustainable Connections. I met Rose last week when I was traveling up in Bellingham uh, to see 2020 Engineering and some others. Um, and I was just utterly impressed by what Sustainable Connections is doing and then obviously Rose and her involvement. Um, and to get us started, I'm gonna share my screen and we are gonna watch a brief five minute video and then come back to Rose uh, for our discussion. So sharing the screen. Washington. We're we are about an hour from Canada right now, and we are highlighting Sustainable Connections, which is an incredible nonprofit. Bellingham is one of the most sustainable communities in the U.S. It has an amazing local living economy, and the locals are incredible. Lots of social entrepreneurs, um, so we're going to go and interview them. stays within your community um, if you're buying from a local retailer or purveyor because their business owners spend that money locally whereas if you're part of a chain that dollar that you give to that business owner or that fifty dollars um, goes outside of the community goes up to headquarters goes up to an organization that doesn't know how our community works <laughs> Really 
mean, I have a lot of friends who are farmers, and I just trade my cookies for their vegetables, and I just kind of like that whole mentality and that works. In the summer, we do basil and mint. And within the basil and mint, it is still warm in the fields when it comes in. We get a lot of the trees that we work with from that forest right there. So he'll cut them and he'll bring them right here. I mean, it's a quarter mile away. aren't successful until they actually are emulated by these businesses like this is a local bakery we just passed by a local burger joint that sources local salmon out of bellingham bay they uh source from local cows I mean, you guys were eating at the pizza shop the other day and um i mean there's these are zero waste businesses i mean we can't teach this stuff unless it's makes economic sense for the business owner and then if it does they're going to teach their employees how that happens it's that simple i think I love this community. It's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. It's the reason I've stayed as long as I have. I love it. The first time I ever crossed into Washington from a story, you know that bridge? I had this pain. I'm like, oh my God, I'm home. This is freaking awesome. You talk to anyone that lives in Bellingham, it's like, we don't live here because we make lots of money. I like Bellingham. I like it here. I like this town. It's pretty awesome. It's kind of, it's really fun just like um, riding around town and seeing bikes everywhere that you built for people. It's a great community. I mean, it's, it's in my opinion, it's paradise. It's hard, pretty hard to beat it. Well, that was a great video, Rose. Um, and welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. Hours drive from Vancouver oh. is Bellingham, and oh, this is just <laughs> my perfect weekend getaway. We're in Bellingham, and we're at the Boulevard Park, established in the 1980s, with mm. a beautiful view of the bay. The perfect. Well, this is why I'm not a producer and uh, experience technical difficulty every once in a while. Um, but anyway, that that is over with now. But welcome to the show, Rose. And um, it's great to have you on. And it was great to meet you last week up in Bellingham. Yeah, thank you very much. That was a it was a good time. Yes, yes. We got to sit out on the deck there by the harbor uh, with a couple of your friends and my friends and uh, chit chat. And that's where I learned about what you're doing at Sustainable Connections. Um, and I'd like you to tell the audience a little bit more. Um, you're, you're the Green Building and Energy Program Director. Um, so maybe just tell us a little bit about uh, what you do over there and a little bit more broadly about Sustainable Connections. Sure. Well, um, I, I love that you started with that video because, um, you know, I recognize so many of those business owners in there as still thriving business owners, even though that video is quite a few years old. And, um, and, it, and it really resonates, too. It like warms your heart to think about the the, the level of effort that our community has put into creating that local living economy. 
Um, so sustainable connections, I'll start with um, just kind of who we are and how we got our start. And um, it really got started with the Think Local First and, uh, you know, developing local lovers. And so um, in 2001, uh, we started the, the Think Local First program. So it was um, just reaching out to a lot of the business owners. We saw there was leadership among our business owners already. There was people that were considering zero waste. And there was people that were doing um, a, a lot of that local purchasing and, and care for the community. And what we wanted to do was really to help identify um, for the public who is local and so that they could understand where to drive their, their dollars. Um, so we started our Think Local First campaign. That's how we got, got our start. And um, you know, it didn't take too long um, before we were up to you know 500 members. Um, everybody just really interested to kind of buy into this idea where not only were they getting promoted to the public about being local, but then also they're getting resources and technical assistance and support um, to help further their sustainability in other ways. And so um, as the program started to grow and as Sustainable Connections grew, um, we started to bring on different programs. And so, um, you know, Food and farming became um, a very clear um, next step as we were thinking about how we grow our local economy and our, our food economy is a really critical piece to that. So um, we have a very robust food and farming program uh, that works with um, new incoming farmers that are interested um, and you know thinking about farming um, to farmers that are just getting started. So we have an incubator program, we call the Food to Bank On program. Um, it, we support them through a business development while they're um, growing vegetables that then gets purchased um, by the food bank. And so um, they're getting um, a chance to figure out their, you know, their <clears throat> business plan um, with the support of knowing that their product will get purchased. Mm. Um, we work with um, everyone, restauranters, farmers, um, food producers, everyone along the chain, um, really trying to create those ties so that everyone can connect and meet with each other. So we have a, a you know, a farm trade meeting each year um, where we generate out of that meeting alone, like $1.5 million in farm sales a year. So these are some really exciting things that we can do um, and really pushing um, public education while also working with this with businesses. Um, we also have our um, Green Building and Smart Growth Program. And so this um, program really started when we were seeing a lot of really rapid growth um, without um, as much care. And so not only did we want to um, support, um, you know, a sustainable um, living uh, built environment, but also helping the, uh, educate the architects and the builders and the contractors, the developers, um, so that they know how to do the things um, more sustainably. Uh, and so we started doing lead um, education for um, all of our members in, in that field. So we have um, technical assistance, we do market development, so helping, um, you know, customers and clients understand where they can go to find people that can do that good work. Um, and then over the years, our, our smart growth program has developed and we are now have the Whatcom Housing Alliance, which is an alliance of 36 different organizations all in Whatcom County, dedicated to creating um, more housing choices and options so we can improve affordability, public health, the local economic development. There's just a lot that goes around that surrounds housing. And so we thought 
this is an op opportunity for us to find those shared goals and move housing forward also. So, so let me ask you, how is Sustainable Connections funded for you all to have such a big staff and to be able to do everything that you do? Because without that funding and without that organization that, I mean, it's a nonprofit obviously, uh, but how is it that you all receive your funding? Yeah, we have a very diverse funding model. So we do have a membership. So businesses contribute a, you know, a membership fee. We do sponsorships. Um, and those are like really great sources of funding because it's really discretionary. So that's where we can be innovative and creative um, when trying to do new things. Um, a lot of times, you know, grant funding and contract funding, you know, limits you in what you what you can do. So, um, but we we do have quite a bit of grants, contracts, foundational support. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's quite because we have such a diverse program. We have very diverse funding sources. And, um, so and it, it takes how, all of it. How big has it grown to? Like, what, what is a if it's public knowledge only? But what, like, what is an annual budget for Sustainable Connections at this point? Sure. Well, um, just in the last year and a half, we have merged with another nonprofit, Cloud Mountain Farm Center. This is another part of our, um, you know, kind of growing the local food economy and um, really trying to figure out how we can support farmers in the best way possible um, and the public. So we merged with another nonprofit. And so that essentially doubled our um, our two point five million dollar budget. Wow. Wow. And we you, have a staff of 15 in our Bellingham office, and um, it, and it depends on the season, obviously, at the farm, um, but, you know, they're upwards around 15 over there as well. Yeah, and um, maybe give an example of how you work with Mark Brewer at 2020 Engineering. I, I know he mentioned that you all uh, went and did a conference somewhere where you guys presented together. I think there was a third person on housing. Um, how, how does that how is that an example of how Sustainable Connections integrates with a green civil engineer in Bellingham? Yeah, so th there's quite a few different ways that um, I work with Mark over the years and some of that. So like in terms of market development, um, that can be really showcase and highlighting and promoting um, the work that he's done, um, both to, you know, uh, professional industry folks, as well as the public. So, um, you know, we do a lot of technical trainings and things like that, where we can highlight our members um, in the way so that um, they're getting the recognition they deserve for, um, you know, taking those extra steps in sustainability. Um, if I do a technical training, um, I can rely on Mark um, and others in my, in my network to come help teach. Um, so whether that's um, within our community or, you know, if we're going to a conference and doing something there. And then um, I like to be able to support my members um, in, in their creative endeavors too. So um, Mark is, um, you know, interested in exploring um, urban farms and aquaculture and has a really robust sort of eco-village concept. So, um, you know, where I can, um, you know, I can bring in the context for our community, um, try and make connections for him or um, with other folks in, in and outside of our community to help support the effort that he's doing. Um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of ways like that, bringing them on um, when we work with a city or port on a project, we can, um, you know, share in our technical expertise through our membership. And so that's one way that we can have valuable impact and advocate, advocate for um, smart policy. 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Their, their 2020 urban farm project that is slated to be have a Bellingham showcase almost put some of the, the uh, urban farming and uh, aquaculture on steroids because they're going to be growing, you know, a lot of fish and a lot of vegetables. Uh, and I, I could imagine that you would, you would be able to introduce all of that through to the, the food co-ops and the other people in, in a way that balances out all the other growers so that everyone is, is uh, sort of has an even playing field, if you will. Um, so uh, how much do you see this uh, becoming attractive across America in other communities? Have you been contacted by, uh, j- just today, Mayor here in Houston announced a whole new program about the circular economy, about echo stuff inside the Houston and everything else like that. How do you interact with other communities and do you have outreach to other communities with what you, with, with what you have done and proven so well? Yeah, and, and we certainly have done a lot of that work. Um, there's a, a larger sort of umbrella organization that we were really closely affiliated with, which is Bali, the Business Alliance for Local Living Economies. And hmm. so they have a lot of members um, not just in uh, United States, but across the world. And there's a lot of leadership exchange, um, and they have um, a fellowship that we have been, um, Derek Wong, our executive director, has been part of. And and that's been probably the best way that we've been able to cross-promote and share what we're doing in that platform. Um, it's hard to replicate exactly what we're doing in the in the sort of the robust many um, different program areas that we have because um, we're a unique community and everybody kind of does things differently. Uh, we certainly have had our Think Local First program has been um, replicated across the, the United States. Um, I don't know that any programs are as successful as ours because we're special and unique. And, and one of the things about Sustainable Connections is that um, we really, um, we only say what we're for and we're all about promotion. Um, and so that, that has been key to our success is having a really strong communications team that can help share and highlight stories that know how to make sure that um, businesses are getting the promotion and the recognition they need. Um, and um, that, that's given us, I think, a leg up. And so when you when you only say what you're for, that's a, as opposed to like how to do it or, or like. What, what, no, I, I, versus what you're not for. Um, so, you know, we always try and like, um, you know, it's not don't um, don't build to code. It's you could build a code. But here's another way to do it that we're really excited about. And here are the benefits um, of, you know, trying to achieve a, a more sustainable building. Yeah, and then that promotion of the pull pulls through the message consistently because if you highlight the people that either took the risk or t- were outside the box or you know restaurants that went to zero waste, you know, which is just an amazing thing. Um, and if you really highlight them, they appreciate that. But then that also pulls through the attraction of others wanting to do the same thing and have the same moniker on the. Do, do you do sustainable connection stickers on the window type of thing or anything like that where they're a member? Yeah, we sure do. Um, And we have a variety of different ways that we promote them throughout the year, um, depending on the type of business. And, and, and it's always evolving and changing, you know, we're 20 years old now. And so, um, or almost. So um, we've learned a lot of lessons along the way. And, you know, part of Part of it is just um, being really innovative and scrappy. You know, we started with no funding 
Um, and we're, you know, it's about pulling those things together. So even though we have this, you know, sort of large budget and a lot of employees, um, because we have so many different programs, we still have to be really, um, you know, you have to be really cautious with your funding. And so it's like thinking really critically about how you can have the best impact um, for the least amount of resources. And so we've really streamlined and know how to like get the job done. Yeah. And, you know, you, you struck me when I first met you just listening to some of the things you were doing. I was just I was staggered and impressed by the number of things that you are taking on and doing. And, and how, talk a little bit maybe about some of those dynamics where new ideas come in and, and your staff is 15. You don't want to add it to 17. So we have to divide this up and spread it out to a couple of people. How, how has that been over the last, what, eight years that you've been there? Yeah. You know, I, everyone is, um, everyone's such a team player and we have such a strong staff that um, when we have innovative ideas, we have, you know, sort of a, a process to run them through filters and make sure we have capacity um, but when there's a good idea, we make it happen. Um, you know, for example, our we have a food recovery program right now that we started just about a year, two years ago, um, where, you know, we realized that we had been talking to restaurants about how they could be zero waste and telling them to compost their food at the end of the night, you know, like, you know trying to get restaurants to compost. This is like a simple, sustainable measure. Um, but what we realized is that we were having them throw away perfectly good food. Yeah. Um, and, and even though it was composted, it's not the highest and best use of perfectly good food. Um, and so we started a program where we're now um, diverting that from compost and sending it to homeless shelters. Um, and so we've developed this really robust volunteer network um, that does the pickups and drop offs um, all over Whatcom County. And I think already this year we've, um, you know, saved over 50,000 pounds of food. And you've probably enhanced because homeless people, I mean, they dig through the garbage. So, I mean, even if it's in the garbage, they'll, they'll you know, they, they would eat it. And you're actually upgrading what they're getting to eat uh, because it's just off the restaurant side. Um, have you, have you seen, um, I don't know if you know my, uh, my friend Jan Allen from Impact Bioenergy, they're taking food waste and anaerobically digesting it for its energy. Um, how would something like that, where that's not diverting it to homeless and it's not composting, it's a, a third alternative to turn it into energy. Have you run across any of that in, in the community? Yeah, we're really excited about that. And um, like Whole Foods in Bellingham has has one um, at their at their grocery store, which is an awesome way to use those food scraps, those things that, um, you know, aren't necessarily the edible foods. You know, when we when we get food from restaurants and from grocery stores and take it to homeless shelters, these are very nice meals. Um, you know, this is not a this is not dumpster diving. It is like. Yeah. Very classy. Um, and one of the real like, you know, what we found is that we found this new niche, like we were serving um, an, a completely unserved population because a lot of people um, suffering homelessness don't, you know, they, they could go to the food bank, but what, how are they going to prepare those foods, you know, so having prepared meals really helps um, those folks that just don't have the kitchen don't have that, that those those opportunities. And so, um, and, and that program has just grown wildly. Um, and of course, during COVID, it's become, you know, food security has become an even more important issue. So, um, you know, I'm glad that we started this program 
two years ago. Um, so that coming into COVID, we were really um, a, a tight ship and had a great, um, great response to food security during that time. Yeah. And I would imagine working remotely like you all are doing, um, it probably hasn't changed much for you guys, right? I mean, you, you've been able to continue to make your contacts, uh, maybe less events, um, uh, less yeah. maybe, but um I, I sure do miss, um, you know, we have probably, we host somewhere around 300 events a year um, between all of our different programs. And so it's definitely a loss of that personal connection, sure. um, some of the networking, um, but it's an innovative die um, time of life. And so everyone's figuring out new and creative ways to, you know, make sure that we still have those opportunities. It's funny how much I look forward to a Zoom call, you know, like, with, like <laughs> on the call, you know, I, I don't want to do it on just on the phone. I, I, I want to do it on a Zoom call because I get to see somebody. Um, it's, it's really funny. Uh, the other thing, too, is I've noticed that um, there's a big shift away from waste. Like nothing is waste if you learn how to beneficially reuse it or repurpose it in another way. Um, and I think this whole discussion around food scraps and food waste and extra food, uh, when you shift that mindset, um, it really opens the doors to multiple different ways to skin the cat, if you will. Um, and I'm sure you probably find that in green building and also in energy, yes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in our food recovery program, one of the things we realized is that, you know, when, when restaurants were... Um, you know, now that we're tracking how much they're, they're, you know, essentially wasting at the end of the night, um, a lot of them decided to shift how much they made of certain things so that they could be more efficient, right? So in one hand, you know, like, unfortunately, we're not capturing that food, um, but we're creating more efficient businesses. And so, you know, there are lots of co-benefits that come out of all of these, you know, these things, Um we have an energy efficiency program uh, we call a community energy challenge where we work with businesses we go in for a very low cost do a very robust energy audit of their business and then we offer a thousand dollars worth of free um, direct install lighting so essentially giving away a thousand dollars worth of leds and then we have five thousand dollars worth of incentive dollars to help pay for capital projects wait so you all go do the audit like sustainable connections goes and actually does the audit that's we a, do the audit <laughs> yeah a, we have no that's tremendous and i think that probably solved well how are we going to get the audit done and no one else wanted to do the audit and mm -hmm. you needed consistency for the baseline so you said you know what let's add two staff or whatever you've added to go do the audit. Yeah, we started, um, it started with, um, we helped promote a green power challenge that Puget Sound Energy, our, our electric utility um, had started. It's basically getting um, residents to add a few dollars to their bill to purchase greener um, electricity. And after we did this really big campaign, we ended up being the number one green power nation um, green power city in the nation. And um, we're like, wow, this is awesome. Um, but what we heard from some of our business members that we had been promoting this green power, they were like, well, it's great that I can buy it green, but can you help me save? Um, what can you do there? And that's where we, we shifted and said, okay, well, you know, yeah, it's great to add a few dollars and buy green power, 
Um, but what we really want is everybody to reduce their energy, save the money, um, and be able to reinvest that into their business in different ways. And so, um, you know, we're, we're seeing huge successes through that program um, and lots of other, you know, once we have a touch point with a business, then we're able to bring in the zero waste. We're able to bring in the, you know, the think local first. And so we have that um, opportunity to support them in a lot of different ways. Most businesses contact us and they think, oh, I want some free LED light bulbs. And next thing you know, we've got them all wrapped up into all of our stuff. It's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. You have to find that one hook to get them in. Um, have, have you been involved at all during COVID in helping all your members find new solutions uh, to things that they had never faced before? Oh man, we certainly have. Um, it's, it's been a, it's been quite the year when you have, um, you know, we probably work with over 2000 businesses a year at sustainable connections. And so when um, something like this starts to hurt our, our members and, and really the, the, you know, the bedrock to our entire economy, we went into like action mode, particularly thinking about how farmers are going to be able to distribute their, um, you know, how are they going to make their sales if people don't want to go into the restaurants, the farmers markets closed, um, helping them shift. And, and this is one of those things about COVID, you know, in the um, sort of the silver linings to things is watching all of these businesses innovate so quickly, you know, um, for example, you know, all the farmers shifting that, you know, couldn't figure out that didn't even have a website and couldn't figure out how to do CSAs, you know, com community supported agriculture. Um, and within three weeks, um, those farmers that had been thinking about it for 25 years were doing it. Um, you know, the food co-op couldn't figure out, you know, had talked about online ordering for years, um, you, you know, just couldn't figure out how to make it happen six weeks later they've got a, a program in place so the pandemic i mean you know that, that's really <laughs> yeah that's, yeah 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 nothing like mm, crisis i call it a gift because it, it it is literally a humanity reset button if you choose to see it as a gift as and most of us say a gift what are you talking about it's a it's a it's a, it's a virus no it's giving you the opportunity to look at what you're doing to look how you're doing it and then i couldn't agree more. I have so many examples of, of people persisting people, you know, one of my slogans is keep going. Now it's like this. I mean, you just wake up every day and have gratitude and say, now it's like this. What am I going to do? You got to keep going. And obviously the whole, the whole podcast is follow your process. So there is a, there is a process that each one of my viewers and each one of my guests is following. Um, and the whole thing is designed to keep having this business and life conversation about why following your process is the best thing to do, tweaking it, adjusting it, um, pivoting. Um, but we've all had an opportunity to pivot on something or three things or five things. Um, <laughs> and I think we've all discovered new parts of ourselves that we're actually capable of more than we ever imagined. Um, and, and it's really, really cool. Um, so, so what do you see as your challenges over the next year, two, three years, like what, what's in front of you that either you want to do or you don't know how you're going to get there. Um, talk a little bit about that. Sure. I think um, we have a confluence of crises right now. And um, whether that's climate change, our housing crisis, our health crisis, um, there's there's a confluence of these things happening all at one time. Um, you know, racial equity being another really big one. Um, that's something that um, we have 
spent the last four years starting to think, okay, what does it mean to have equity, diversity, inclusion within our within our organization? And then, you know, what are we doing externally for that? And um, there is so much opportunity for growth, um, even as we've been sort of, um, you know, forward thinking on those issues. Um, we really, you know, it's the urgency, I feel like, is at a different level for all of these issues. Um, and time to take action. I mean, you, you you have to take, rather than thinking about it or talking about it, you actually have to go do a couple of them and add a couple more programs. That's yeah. right. So, um, you know, Sustainable Connections historically has been um, relatively apolitical. Um, we never like endorse candidates or very, very rarely. Um, and we endorse policies from time to time. Uh, I think what we're going to see is that there's going to be a need, a need for more um, action, and that's in the policy realm, whether it's um, around food security, um, the climate crisis, all of these things that um, are just absolutely critical to making sure that we have that, you know, equitable, thriving, wonderful place that, you know, everyone loves Bellingham. I shouldn't say it out loud, but it is the most dreamy place. And, um, and we're, you know, experiencing insane growth. One of the things that COVID has done is everyone realizes they can work from home and work from anywhere. So um, being, you know, within an hour of both Vancouver, BC and Seattle, um, we're seeing a lot of those folks come and, and move into Bellingham. I welcome them with open arms and hope that we can find ways to continue to support the community that lives here now so that, you know, my daughter can move back here and eventually afford a home. I don't know that that will ever happen, but I hope so. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, those are the things that, you know, I want to make sure that we have those that clean water, clean air and, and uh, a healthy future. So, you know, many people that are watching or viewing are not going to move to Bellingham. Um, I'm actually considering it. Uh, I don't know if that'll ever happen. Uh, other things have to fall into place. And um, I, I used to live in Linden as a, as a eighth grader, freshman and sophomore in high school. So I am familiar with the area. Uh, I've known of Bellingham for many years. Um, but people watching from another community that's not Bellingham, but has enough inklings that they might want to do something well, how would you recommend that they, like, like what are the a few things they could go do? And then also, can they reach out to you guys for sort of a blueprint or, or next steps on stuff? How, how would someone interact in their own community to recreate it under, under uh, themselves, uh, not being Bellingham, but being themselves? And then also, how do they reach out to you all for input? Yeah, well, we're we're always open to talk with people that are interested in in program replication. I think um, there's a couple things. Uh, start small and have a, a clear specific goal. Um, you know, when we started to redo our mission statement after we have grown so much, it was really hard to find that one thing to capture it all. Um, but, you know, and then um, having really strong stakeholder group and buy in on on whatever that goal is early on, um, you know, making. I would just interrupt here and I would encourage everyone to go to the website and go to the about us page because it, it shows a chronological history from 2002 to today of stats and things that they started. And then they connected with this stakeholder and then they started this program. And it's a beautiful visual of that starting small 
and then just building block, building block, building block, building block. And, and, and I think you, that thing will just continue. Um, but that's actually a great visualization for my viewers that are interested in doing this in their community um, to go and check that out, to then recreate that and then tell their own story uh, in their community by starting small and getting stakeholders. And um, so uh, what's the best way to reach? I know on the lower thirds here, we've had your email and, and the website and everything else. Um, what, what's the best way for someone uh, to interact and reach out um, with Sustainable Connections? Well, um, you know, reaching out by email, I think, is the best, uh, most direct way. And I'm happy to field those um, interest calls. Uh, but really, you know, I encourage people to attend our events, to get to know, um, particularly in any program area, because, like I said, we do, you know, 300 events a year. So there is always things happening. I mean, obviously, some of those have shifted in a new form. Uh, but there's there's so much to learn by attending and networking with our with the people that are doing the work here. Um, when you find those champions, you know it's all about whether it's a if you're going to start a green building program or your think local first or food and farming is finding champions that you can really hold up as sort of the the gold standard that people know and respect in your community. And so. Um, the bookstore owners in that second video you shared are sound like those champions. Uh, um, yeah, it, it, it's really me. How many businesses in Bellingham are now members of Sustainable Connections? I don't know what our total is right now. I will say that we've, um, over the last few years, um, have recognized that there are a lot of local businesses that for, for various reasons, um, uh, access our services, but don't actually have the membership. So, you know, like I said, we work with two, about 2000 local businesses a year. And I think our membership is somewhere in the five to 600 range. Wow. Wow. Um, and then, uh, how far? Whatcom County also. Oh. So I have a friend that lives in uh, Port Townsend and I've shared a little bit of some of these things that I'm interacting with and they were just like, and how can we get that in Port Townsend? So, so how would Port Townsend, uh, I know Impact Bioenergy is over there at um, Thin River Cidery. They've just placed one of their digesters there um, that's going to be helping them uh, with all of their uh, spent cider or all the other rinds and everything else. Um, so how would a Port Townsend over, you know, I don't know what county that is, but it's some other county in Washington. <laughs> how, how would they... Uh, interact. I mean, because they could easily get to Bellingham in a couple hours. Yeah, well, and, and we have had some really good um, success with Port Townsend. They've got some really innovative models that we've actually copied ourselves in the way that they've, um, you know, where they were lacking a general store um, and they did a um, essentially a, a cooperative um, with community members funded a general store because if they didn't, there was nowhere to buy their widget or the whatchamacallit. Um, and so I, Port Townsend happens to be a very cool town. And, um, you know, if if anyone there is interested, um, like I said, it's, it's figuring out really what that specific goal is that you're trying to achieve. And then um, 
you know, get a hold of us and then we can try and work out just, just what kind of support that person or that project might need. Um, sometimes that's, it's. That's where I went after Saturday's uh, farmer's market when it was raining. I, I loaded up a nice bag of fresh vegetables and then I went down to the, uh, the oyster uh, farm in, in uh, just south of Fairhaven, grabbed a bunch of oysters and then hopped on a ferry and went over to Port Townsend for about 36 hours. Um, and it was my first time there and I can see why you like it. I mean, there was a tea and spice shop downtown um, that I just, I loaded up. Uh, I got some, the chai tea that I got has been amazing. And, um, but I, I can see why people would really enjoy Port Townsend. And they're faced with some of the same challenges at Bellingham. I mean, there's no affordable housing in Port Townsend. Um, you know, I think the owner of REI lives nearby. Um, but then the workers that have to work in the stores struggle to, to find the right kind of affordable housing. Um, that's the other thing I really like about the, the 2020 Urban Village is, is sort of addressing some of that affordable housing dynamic, a WeWork space. You know, Mark has his 2020 Dockside. Uh, he's got WeWork right in his engineering office right there in Bellingham. Um, and it's been a fantastic story. Um, big success for him. Um, and, and, you know, he's also able to give working spaces to um, people that are part of the cohorts that you're a part of. Um, so it's, 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 uh, this whole thing about thinking about villages and community, um, what I'm really attracted to and appreciate is that teamwork that you described and how everyone in sustainable connections is living community. Like you're, you're loving, you're living and you're local. I mean, isn't that really, <laughs> isn't that, I mean, to, to, to me, those are, those are three great things. I, I would, I would sign up for that. You know, where can I sign up? You know, I'll, I'll do those three things. Um, so, so I can imagine you get a lot of professional and personal satisfaction. Is this what you imagined you would do with your college degree and, <laughs> and your thought for your life? And like, how has this zoned in on that? Like, like, well, you know, I, um, have, so I graduated from Huxley College for the Environment, which is a college up at Western Washington University here in Bellingham. I have my urban planning and environmental policy degree. I thought I was going to go out and save the world, um, working for you know city government or county government. Uh, within two years, I was working for a developer. Uh, very much the exact opposite of what you thought you would be doing. And quite honestly, it was the best decision I ever made. Uh, it gave me a lot of perspective of what it takes to get projects done. Um, really understanding um, how you, what, you know, what it takes to work with the county, work with the city to get things permitted, um, the intricacies. It's making sausage, really. It's not as easy as it sounds or looks. I mean, it's, it's complicated. It is complicated and um, and had always had a love affair with sustainable connections um, from the onset. I had met um, the, the executive director, who's still our executive director, Derek Wong, um, back in its infancy. And, and as soon as they started a green building and smart growth program, I attended every event. Um, you know, the developer I was working with, um, we sponsored everything we could. Um, eventually, I was... Um, asked to join their board and I was, you know, about 15 years younger than everyone else on the board <laughs> uh, and just trying to hold it together and act smart. Um, but uh, just, you know, the everything that they've been doing and, and all of the programs and whether they're in silos or collaborative, um, the, the 
energy and the effort behind it is so quality, um, top to bottom. And so when a job came up with the smart growth, green building and smart growth uh, manager, that was the dream job. And it was like, I had met all of my professional goals at, you know, 32 or something. And uh, um, now I've grown in that, in, in our organization, I'm now the program director for four different programs. And so it's a, it's a little bit more um, to take on, but uh, I, I appreciate everything that we're doing. And um, I, I am a, you know, 20 years into this organization or 18 years into this organization. And I still um, am a hundred percent believer in everything that we're doing. And um, honestly, we've um, Derek Long, our executive director provides such incredible leadership, not just for our organization, but for our community in so many different ways. Um, the effort that they, you know, we've, been able to contribute during COVID, during the crisis on, um, you know, all kinds of different, um, you know, security task forces and all this stuff to make sure that um, we make it out and that our businesses are surviving. And um, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I've said several times, just about every episode, there's no coincidences. I I actually don't think there are coincidences. And I also think that, um, you know, I, I, I tell this story where if a car hits a pole at 10 miles an hour, the bumper has to dent. If the same car hits the same pole at 30, the airbags will go off. If the same car hits the same pole and the person's not wearing a seatbelt, there's going to be a really bad accident and someone probably is going to die. So it's all about the describing is physics. So for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And it sounds like sustainable connections and your story inside of it is about the energy that you give out related to your core beliefs, your core principles, evolving as a woman, you know, being 15 years younger on a board um, and those challenges, um, being close to home, being local, taking that risk, not driving, you know, going out somewhere, taking the risk to to go into the developer and it not being the ideal thing. Um, But the energy that that I picked up on you like instantly, and and I I consider it an honor and a privilege to be your friend, uh, and to have you on my podcast and, and to, to now know you that that I get to follow this story and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to try to attend some of the virtual events just just to learn more about it. Um, uh, because because in my core, I want to be a part of the story, the, the, the structures of the story you, you guys are telling. I want to tell that story wherever I am. So, so I don't have to be in Bellingham for me to be able to do that. I don't think anyone has to be in Bellingham to do it. Um, I think what we do is we learn from those who've gone before us, and that would be you all over 18 years. Um, and then I, I just really love the culture that I sense. And the culture is friendly. It's professional. It's collaborative. It's engaging. Um, you know, you and I have only known each other less than, I don't know, a week, a week and a half or something like that. Um, and you've, you, during this time, have gone through a spell of, a sickness that had you in the hospital. Unfortunately, that's all been, that's all taken care of, but that was a disruption inside of your life. Um, but you've been incredibly, you, you communicate your, you know, today was a crazy day. We had to get the video over, but, but it's these kinds of people that I'm looking to know more of, interact with more, of, um, contribute more to support, learn from um, all centered around the circular economy of, of, of sustainable connections, whether that's energy, whether that's zero waste, whether that's whatever it is. Uh, it, it's almost like I'm 54 I, and I've, I've shifted for a while, but I'm really doubling down on sending 
I'm going to hit the pole at 120. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I say to people, I send energy out at that speed and pace. And sometimes that's too much for people. And, and I learn very quickly. People like pull back and they're like, I'm like, okay, I don't think I did anything. I just think maybe I was not, I made some assumptions that they were going to move as fast. And um, I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast, for sharing this. Um, it, it will be up on my Facebook page, uh, follow your process on live stream remotes. And I, hopefully we got it over to yours. We'll send you the link. Um, uh, I'd encourage you to post it on LinkedIn, uh, and everywhere else. Uh, but, but now, uh, the Rose Lathrop story is, uh, on follow your process podcast. This is only episode number seven. Um, and, and it's an honor to have you on my podcast. And, uh, I, I thank you for sharing everything. Uh, is there any closing comments you might want to say to, to my guests uh, as we as we close out here? I guess the only thing I want to say is, um, and, and building off what you were talking about, is the love that you give is the love that you get. And, um, you know, everyone has a passion and to really follow that passion, because once you do, um, it's amazing the doors that will open and um, hope that everyone just continues to follow their path and their passion. Well, and I, I, I couldn't agree more, and, but I would also add to that, you must love yourself first. So the love you give to yourself is only the love that you can give to another. Um, and, and that is a deep, uh, difficult thing sometimes, uh, but it's actually kind of simple. You just love yourself every day, no matter what you did or how you did it. Um, and then you wake up the next day and now it's like this and you, and you just keep following your process and uh, you keep going. Uh, Rose, thank you so much. And um, Thank you. Looks like a beautiful evening there in Bellingham. Doesn't look like it's raining. Um, uh, enjoy your evening. and uh, Thank you, I will. I'll be in touch soon when something comes up. All right, sounds good. Thank you so much. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye.